0: Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annorsbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Annersbrook. And my name is Michelle we haven't met before. Nice to meet you. Welcome. Good to have you all here. What a g- awesome full room. So good. So, so good. Stand more in the middle. There, there we go. All right. Cool. Thanks, Josh. Ah. <laughs> All right. Yes, nice to see you all. Um, some of you may know our son, Nathan. He, we announced it in church last week, and we prayed for him. He was moving to Wellington. He drove away yesterday, packed all his worldly belongings in the back of his little old car, and off he went into the sunset. Well, he went on to the Picton Ferry, but, you know. <laughs> he got there safely, so that's good. And he's, um, he's in his new flat. He's met his new flatmates. He's doing good. He's feeling positive about it all, so... We're happy, you know, new things, new year, new beginnings for lots of people and so great about Dan and Julia as well, new things on the horizon for them too, so that's so good. So new year, new goals, who is, hands up if you're one of those people who like really loves like new year, let's set a new goal, I'm going to have, you know, kind of later, are you you that kind of person? Yeah, I know my husband is. Hands up if you're like really not interested in doing like goal setting and you're just like. I couldn't think of an answer. Uh, Yeah, you're being honest, Warwick. I appreciate that. (laughs) Most of the room didn't raise their hand for either, so somebody's not telling you the truth. (laughs) I I have to admit, so a few years ago, um, I worked for an organisation called Barnardo's, which was great. I was administrator for a team of social workers who worked with children. So an amazing group of people. And I had... um, an awesome manager at the time called Jolene and she was she was fantastic. She was so good. And um, the first year I worked there, she's like, right, it's a new year, everybody. She's like pumped up. We're going to set our goals. And she's like, "We have a big team meeting. And she's got like coloured paper on the table and pens. And we're like, we're going to set our word for the year and come up with what we're going to achieve. And I just like... I just wanted to leave the room. Like, that is not, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I'm like, do we have to do this? Like, I'm not, not really keen. And some people are really wired that way. And some people, some of us, it takes a little bit of convincing. Anyway, so I was a little bit resistant, but I decided I would be compliant and kind of get on board with what she was trying to achieve. And, um, y- you know, I, I have to look at it and think about, well, why... Why did I feel resistant about doing something like that? What did I not like doing? Because in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm more of a go with the flow type of person. I'll just kind of see what happens with the year and maybe things will come up and it will all pan out. And, you know, kind of, I'm quite good at getting on board with other people's plans. My husband's quite good at, like, we're going to do this this year and we're going to find a way to do it. And I'm like, okay, all right. But as far as finding something for yourself, you know, like, what, what is your own... Working on our own selves and our own goals and what, what, are, what are the things that we're going to work on for ourselves this year can be um, a bit different. And sometimes that can be a fear. It can be a fear of failure, you know. Um, it's easier not to set a goal so you don't run the risk of failing. And then I wouldn't say laziness, but maybe just a lack of motivation as well. Like, you're going to have to put a little bit of work in often if you set a goal. You're going to have to commit to it. You're going to have to execute it. Put actions in place, and and likewise, it it turns into that vicious cycle of well, maybe I will, maybe I'll fail, so then my motivation lacks, and you can go around in circles. But anyway, on this occasion, I thought, well, what if um, what if I did this, and what if this word I set for the year, what if it actually succeeded? What if just the very action of speaking this out or writing it down sparks a foundation upon something which might build change and what if in doing this just acknowledging something acknowledging a word it begins to grow in our mind and our subconscious that both purposefully but also inadvertently this thing begins to manifest and so what I did was, I started out a little sceptical, but I, I did the word for the year. And as the year went on, I'd like go in my desk drawer and I'd see it, and i think, oh, actually, you know, the sort of things that it was reflecting on were beginning to take shape. I was beginning to see growth in those areas. And slowly and subtly, it kind of starts to seep in. So the words that you set on your life, yep. as you begin to reflect on it, it might affect the way you behave, the way you speak, um, you know, if something comes up, just the way, just the angle you begin to look at things begins to change. And so words, words are very, very powerful. And so today I thought I would speak about the Word of God. And the Word of God is our foundation. Right. And in that, examining the narrative. Because we all have this narration going on in our minds, right? Our inner narrative. And what is dictating that? And is that set by the Word of God? So the words make and shape our lives. Good or bad, the creative power of words is God-given. It talks about it in the Bible, you know, that the the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so what we're speaking both externally and internally is very, very powerful. Both good and bad, the creative power of words is God-given. Therefore, to live a life for Jesus, to claim that we follow him and that we are his disciples, that we are Christians, the word of God must be the rock on which we build. Um, Matthew 7, 24, 25 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and I'm trying to read the back screen that's too far away, so I'm going to read the notes. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong kind of glasses on. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And anything worth building in life needs a firm foundation. And with, because without it, it will ultimately fail, right? And setting foundations is often quite—it's um, not something people see. Like they don't see. It takes a long time often to build a foundation. Um, there's a lot of work going in before you even visually see anything come to the surface. But without it, you—you know—it will ultimately fail. It might look good for a while, you know. Might have all the all the the lookings of looking good and feeling good, but may not test. The, stand the test of time um I just think the word of God is just so awesome like when I first became a Christian when I was 17 so it's going back a few years now um I I think when I first started coming to church somebody had given me a bible but I just tried to look at it and it was just like words on a page I couldn't make sense of it and it was only when um I really encountered Jesus, like I really experienced the Holy Spirit and accepted Him into my life. That that began to change, and um, what was previously just words on a page began to speak life, and it became something I wanted more of. Like it, just the stories of Jesus became alive to me on the page, and I wanted to read more of it. I want. I was capturing revelation. I was capturing something about the story of who God is and was and who Jesus was and how it all fits together, how, you know, it all works together and how it applies to our own lives. It's like, um, you know, it it becomes illuminated to you. A light going on in a dark room. What I thought I could see before was only a part and the Word of God sheds light and I began to learn and build relationship with Jesus by reading the Word of God. And from this point on, that, that has been something that I've always come back to, always come back to the Word of God throughout my whole life. It doesn't matter what season you're in, what stage you're in, it's always there and it's always something to come back to and anchor yourself on, which is so good. Um, the Word of God is many things and its application transcends time, culture and season. The Word of God is alive and relevant to everyone, no matter who you are or what you're going through. You know, we look back and I think I talked last time about we're watching like these archaeology biblical digs about, you know, and things that they dig up to prove that the Bible's real. And, but, you know, like this is people who lived thousands of years ago and the Word of God was relevant then and it is relevant now. And it it's just amazes me. It's just God is just so amazing. The Word of God is many things. It's an anchor in stormy seas. It's a refuge. It brings rest and green pastures. It is a compass to guide you forward. A light in the dark. The joy in the morning, as Dave spoke about last week. Our firm foundation, the rock on which we stand. We've got a song with that in it. Our source of truth that guides our prayers, that shapes our beliefs, that speaks prophecy into the future, that helps to reconcile the past, that grounds us in the present, and reminds us of who God is yesterday, today, and forever. When the Word of God begins to filter into all of these things, and when we engage with it in spirit and truth, is when we begin to build the life that God really wants for us. As we let the Word in, we let Jesus shape our life. You see, Jesus is the Word. We sang it on the song this morning, you were the Word at the beginning. The opening sentence of the Gospel of John states it clearly. It says... You know, there's so much darkness, but man, nothing can put out God's light. So when we're thinking about the Word of God and I was thinking about the narrative and the words in our mind, now's a good time of year to really examine our narrative. So what is a narrator? The narrator of a story sets a tone. You see the story from their perspective. And we are the narrators of our own dialogue, the dialogue of not just what we say externally, but also internally to ourselves as well. And so therefore, you can sit down and have, ask a question, what is my narrative? What is it looking like? And then ask the question, does this line up with the Word of God? Is what I'm saying to myself true? Yeah. Does it fit what God says about me, about my life, about other people? Um, your past, present and future narrative will affect you in a number of ways. So there's the words that we speak over ourselves, the words that have been spoken over us by other people that we've allowed and taken on board, the words that we speak over ourselves about our future and the words that you speak about over other people are also powerful. Um, you know, Especially if, you, if you're a parent and you've got children as well, like you... No, a lot of parenting is about setting that tone of their dialogue that kids are going to hear, and you know we all go back to, well, I remember when I was young, my parents said duh, 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 and you kind of things that stick with you. And sometimes I'm thinking, oh gosh, what have I said? But hopefully, some good stuff is stuck with my kids. Hopefully, <laughs> um, we need to let our narrative be shaped by the Word, and the Word of God is powerful, and the Word of God is loving. I love Psalms 1, very start of Psalms. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I mean, how good is that promise, you know? Yes. So, so good. So we want to be fruitful and prosper, right? Yeah, yep. yeah? we want to do that. We want to we do well. And that's what God wants for us, you know? So how do we do that? First, we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And how are we going to do this? By reading His Word. And now taking those words and lining them up with God's narrative. Dig into his word. Get practical. Go seeking truth. Search God's word. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So you can pray and let God help examine your inner dialogue examine what needs to change you know pray God you know what's what's going on with me what what do you what do I need to change and that's quite an honest conversation to have with with God (laughs) if you dare to do it you know dare to expect an answer and that it might be something challenging might actually be something challenging to work on but it might very well be worthwhile it will be worthwhile So examine what you need to change and then replace it with God's Word. Write it down, speak it out, sing it out loud. We've got so many amazing worship songs that is essentially a scripture. And when we sing it out, you know, that we get it into our spirit. When we pray it out, it's so good. So let it seep into your thinking and let it begin to shape your behaviour. Replace any dialogue in your mind that's not true with God's Word and keep coming back to it. And then pray. The Word of God inspires prayer. It informs your prayers and it incarnates through prayer. We literally prophesy life by speaking it out and praying out the truths in God's Word. So you can literally take those words and pray it out loud. And, yes. God, you say this, da-da-da-da-da-da, and declare it in your life. The Word and the Spirit go together. You cannot have one without the other. And the prayers of a righteous man or woman avail very much. And then finally, begin to watch. Watch and see. Look for the change. Praise God in advance. Thank Him for the things He begins to do in your life. You can thank Him from advance. You know, take His Scripture and say, this is what you say and start speaking it. It's the same as prophesying it. But begin to thank Him for the things that He's doing and things that He's done now. And give Him glory that ultimately that others may see His goodness and you'll be a witness to the Word of God, that it is alive and it's well and living in us. Our lives should be living sacrifices for His glory. And this is our purpose. It's like Dave said this morning, you know, why are you blessed? You know, did you work for it all yourself? Well, no, when we commit our ways to God, it doesn't really matter what job you have or what your vocation is. God have your way. Use my talents, use my skills. Where do you want me to go? What should I do? If you don't know, just do it and commit it to God. And let's see what he does with it. Get his word in your life. Start reflecting on it. You'll start to come through in your behavior and your thinking and in your inner dialogue and in the way you treat others. When we sacrifice selfish thinking and replace it with godly thinking based on the word of God, then he is glorified and he works in us and through us for his glory. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to pray today, really. It's quite a short message. But I think there's lots of things to think about there. Um, specifically, I would love to pray for people who need a change of narrative Maybe there's some negative thinking patterns that have gotten into your mind and that you need replacing with God's word. It would be great to pray that, um, you know, God would give you a new word for your life, for your year, that you can dwell on, that you can meditate on. Like God says, meditate on it day and night. And for those who have had words spoken over them in the past, that the power of those words would be broken that you'd trace them back and then you'd replace them with God's words yeah, right. go seeking them out you know um, you know often we pray for people and it's like you know oh I was told this is a child or you know things that, was, that really stick with us you know cause sometimes it's the person who said it doesn't even realise they've said it or have caused damage but we've, we've inadvertently often it's just settled on us oh I am a certain way that's just me no, you can, choose, you can choose to replace that. You can choose to replace the way that you think about yourself and the things that you do and the way you behave. And finally, those who need a word for the future, that we'll pray this morning that as you just sit and reflect, that God, as you ask, God would drop a word in your spirit for your year. And every year now, after I took the thing with um, my boss who made us do it, I have actually done that every year since then. And every year without fail, I say, okay, God, give me a word for the year. And some, it'll, just, it'll just come just like that. And you'll usually know because it will kind of stick with you. And if it sticks with you for a week or two, you're like, oh yeah, that's the word. And sometimes it makes no sense. And it's a bit strange. I've got a word for this year and I'm not gonna share it because it's, it's odd. But I think I know what it means. And as I begin to kind of unpack it, God's going to show me some stuff. I know I will. So maybe we'll hear about that next year. But for this year, I'm going to reflect on that one. But just, just God will speak to you. If you ask Him to, He will speak. And it doesn't have to be complicated. You can just start with a seed. God's really good at seeds. Little things that can grow and bring change. A word you can hold on to, reflect on, act on, and seek God's Word on. Awesome. So let's just pray. Thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that your, your Word is truth. Your Word is good. God, it's accessible. Lord God, we thank that we can easily access your Word and we can seek it out for our lives, that you're the same yesterday, today and forever, that the God who spoke to Moses can speak to us. Jesus, that you came, you are the word who became flesh, that you set the example for us, that we can have relationship with you, that you don't make it too difficult for us. You've made yourself accessible. You've made this way, you've made this path. And narrow is the road, but it's worth seeking out. It's worth seeking you out. It's worth seeking after your word and your narrative. And so God, right now, I just pray, Lord God, for those people who've had that negative narrative running in their head, who've had mental health diagnosis or they've had a negative word spoken over them as a child or even as a young adult and that, then, that it needs to change. Lord God, I just pray that You press on people's hearts right now. Lord, that You're just going to bring that to the surface. You're going to bring to the surface those things, those untruths that need to come to the surface. And as that comes up, just want you to take it and say, God, I hand that over to you, Lord. And Lord, I accept your truth. I expect, I accept what you speak over my life. Lord, I let go of it. I let go of that negativity, of that negative thought pattern, of that feeling of being in a loop. Right now, we just surrender that to you, Father God. And ask for your truth and your words and your narrative to speak over their lives. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we just pray for the future. Lord, we commit the future of this church, Lord God, Of the people in this room right now, of the children who are yet to come into this room, Lord God, we speak life. We speak growth, Lord. Like you know, the tree that's planted by the river that will grow and flourish and produce fruit in season, Father God. We speak life, Lord God, and Lord, that this word is a word for every single person here this morning. That you. It is your heart to see us flourish, to see us grow, Lord God. And we come against any negative thinking that would distract from that. Lord, you want to see us win for your glory. Not for ourselves, but for your glory. That people will look to us and say, man, they're positive. Man, they're doing well. Why are we doing well? Because God is with us. Because we commit our ways to Him because we invite Him into every aspect of our lives. And so, Lord God, we just invite you in right now and say, have your way. Come have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.